Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and this is Steve Peasley. Welcome to Invest Talk. So, how's your day going? Not another good day of the market, so that, you know, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised about that. Um, Jorge, I don't, I'm having trouble. Could you send me the opening again? So, so today the market was down. It, was, it wasn't down significant. Uh, 84 on the Dow, uh, down 113 on the NASDAQ, and down 19 on uh on the uh, on the uh, S&P 500. So, you know, notice that the Nasdaq is leading on the way down here. And it has been doing that. So, that's normal. You should, you know, really should get used to, to that. I mean, that's the, way, that's the way most stock market, most of the time the stock market is led by the Nasdaq, up and down. Uh, so, that's what we're seeing now. A lot of interesting news out today. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can go back to this. I'm having trouble with my computer, everybody. Uh, so May 20th. Okay, here I am. May 20th. I'm all the way at the bottom. And I don't... Okay, there it is. Got it. Okay. Uh, sorry, everybody. So, you know, of course, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We appreciate you being with me today. And as every day, and usually I don't do the Monday shows. Usually that's uh, Justin, but Justin's on vacation today. So he's on vacation actually all this week. So I'm taking his show for him, his two Mondays and Thursday that he usually does now. We've been trying, I've been trying to fold him into more of the days and, you know, because I'm getting old and he's the younger guy coming up. So we just want to make sure that there's consistency in the show. And of course, all this effort we're doing on this show is all about us all becoming financial, financially independent as best we can, saving and investing our money. And we, of course, talk about being financial, financial freedom and how to get there. That's what the show is about. So I'm going to talk about financial freedom, and I always do on every show. And, you know, it's not that hard. Well, for some people, it's very difficult to save money. But as far as physically doing it, you can actually get pretty wealthy by just putting aside 10 15% of your income. Do it at every, every pay period. Do it for the next 20, 30, 40 years, and you'll be financially independent. And just invest it in the market somewhere. You don't go crazy. You don't do you don't do you know buy penny stocks and do that kind of stuff. You won't be financially independent. Okay, you'll lose. But if you are, if you're, you're you just use your common sense and try not to be too conservative or too risky. And I understand that that's vague, but. There is a place there, and we talk about it, so you can learn what that means on through this show. And of course, it's a call-in show, and our line, listener line is always open. The number is 888-99-CHART, and you can call anytime you want. My main talking point today concerns development of a $43 billion gaming market. Okay, $43 billion gaming market. 
excuse me, 43 billion bucks and growing, by the way. That gaming market's growing. Remember not too long ago, Netflix uh, CEO said his biggest competitor is gaming? Not other TV shows, not uh, other networks, not, no, gaming. That was his big competitor. So what's happening, Microsoft and Sony are forming a cloud gaming and artificial intelligent partnership. So that's what they're doing. Microsoft and Sony, two, two pretty big powerhouses. And who are they competing with? Google. They're worried about Google. Google's gaming platform. <clears throat> Google will be using YouTube to push its gaming experience. Okay? That's what they're going to do. So I've got some interesting things also to talk about. How about um, um, what's going to drive stocks now? We already ended our earnings season. Uh, we know about the the uh, Chinese and U.S. trade problems. So what's going to drive stocks? Something's going to drive it. it. Has to. Okay. Also, has the market topped? It's another talking point I want to discuss. Has it topped? And we'll look at that. And I've, do you know anything about wave theory? Wave? Well, I'm going to talk about that during when I discuss the market topping. And you know, there's three biotech IPOs coming out. Be, three biotech IPOs. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about all three of those IPOs. And IPOs in general. You know what IPOs? Initial public offering. Companies coming into the market. We just had, what, Uber and Lyft, big ones, come out. Uh, now there's three biotech IPOs. Should you be excited about them? Well, we're going to talk about that. So those are going to be the discussion points today. But, of course, you drive the stock. You drive the show. You drive what we're going to discuss, not me. So what do you guys want to talk about? You know, um... The market, of course, was down, as I said. The Dow was down 84, NASDAQ down 113, and NASDAQ down 19. And you'll notice uh, most of the month of May, the market has is dead, been down. It's still down for the month of May. But you had two, two or three up days last week, and then followed by, you know, a down day today. And it's not looking good. It looks like we're going to have some, some problems here. I don't think they're going to be anything disastrous. We know what the economy's doing. It's not bad. But that's 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 where it's going. That's where the market's going. Okay? So, just pay attention. Don't panic in. Don't panic out. You know, be, be, there are, there, there's going to be some bargains to pick up. That's how I look at it. Uh, we're going to get some bargain buying here. So, when that time comes, be ready. Have some money ready, available. Let's go ahead and go to James in Virginia. Wants to talk about a Roth IRA. How you doing, James? Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Thanks for what you do. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Thank my you. question. My question is this: uh, since for the last uh, many years, fifteen or so, I've been in addition to maxing out my four hundred one k, I've been contributing to a Roth and maxing that out, and uh, through doing a slightly more aggressive uh, mutual fund, uh, you know, something a little more targeted in the S and P five hundred, and I've done fine with that. But I started to wonder if mm-hmm. maybe I could do better. And I wanted to see what you thought of uh, this strategy. What do you think about, uh, you know, every year contributing the max to the Roth, whatever it is, 6000 6500 or whatever it is, that's a catch-up. And then instead of buying a mutual fund, every year buy, you know, two stocks that I've targeted. And then 
you know, doing that every year to build up a portfolio within the Roth. Well, there's nothing wrong with building a portfolio of stocks. I, I do like that concept. I think you'll do better if you can pick some good quality stocks than the mutual funds. Um, but I, I'm concerned that you only have two to start off with because this is why, James. There's nothing wrong with buying a couple of stocks, but you have that's a very narrow view of the market, right? I mean, those two stocks, if right. one of them tanks on you, You've just lost a lot of money, right? Just one sure. of them. So that's why, that's why statistically, it's a smart thing to get to between 15 and 25 stocks. We, when we buy stocks in our portfolios, we like 3% each, so that's about 33 stocks. And diff, over different right. sectors and you know different industries to avoid that concentration because when you're very specific like that, no matter how good that company is, that industry could be the one, the whole industry or the sector, be the one that gets hit hard. Look, look what happened to uh, to medical stocks just recently in recent months because of what the politics is about. Nothing to do with the companies. Companies are great. But it was all about what what the politics are talking about. You know, uh, the the Democrats are talking about getting a one pay per one pay. You know, like Medicare Medicare for everybody. Of course, that means getting rid of all the private industry, and then all the investors got freaked out about it. Even though it's probably not going to happen. But that's what I worry about when you focus on just two stocks. It, it, it can, might be better, James, to sell some of the mutual funds in there and buy. 10 stocks, you know, within a very short period of time so that you can have that diversification. Mutual funds are giving you diversification, but now you need it in the stocks. So just be very careful, okay? There's nothing wrong with it. I don't want to discourage you, James. I don't. I just want to let you know you're, you're very narrow focused there, and that's kind of, that's that's an issue. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And I want to thank you for making this program a part of your routine. Justin and I really do work hard trying to make it interesting and instructive. We really want it to be interesting and instructive. And, you know, whenever you have investing questions, we'd certainly encourage you to call us. You can also send us an email. You know, you can download our podcast through our podcast library. You can subscribe and rate all the podcasts on InvestTalk and through iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions. You can, we're live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. We are fast moving through May. It is a busy Monday, and Steve Peasley is here today for Justin Klein. Steve is ready now to take your finance and investment questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Well, there was some merger and acquisition. You know, here's some lessons on mergers. You know, and acquisitions. You know, when one company buys another company, everybody thinks it's positive. Not necessarily. Not like, look at the uh, the Bear Air, Bear, Bear Group, B-A-Y-R-Y symbol. You know, they were the drug company. They're at eight-year low. Why? Why? Their market cap valuation, it's German company, uh, a German conglomerate, is now less than Bear paid for Monsanto in June of 2018. So their whole valuation is less than they paid for Monsanto. 
Why? Well, when they bought Monsanto, what happened? They bought Roundup. They bought all the problems with the weed killing spray of Roundup. There's like, how many, 11,000 lawsuits that is allegedly causes cancer? You know, some some part of the Roundup. Remember, Roundup's been around forever. So this, this is like a tobacco situation. You know, um, you don't know how many lawsuits it's going to be. No one does. You don't know how much it's going to cost. I mean, it's been around since 1970s sometime. In 1970s when that came out. So juries are awarding punitive damages, not just compensatory. You know what that means. Compensatory are damages for the injuries they're caused. Punitive damages, damage, uh, money against the company for causing the injury. Punishment, punitive, punishment to the company. So they're getting both punitive and compensatory damages awarded. And they got 11,000 lawsuits. Could easily bankrupt them. Good. You know, if they don't have enough insurance to cover all that. So that's why the stock has fallen so hard. So maybe you should probably avoid it. I mean, it looks awful cheap. And Bear has some really great other businesses, you know, that mean great income. But man, you don't know where this is going. No one knows. So mergers and acquisitions don't always work out. They don't always work out. Be very, very careful. Anyways, uh, 888-99-CHARTERS are number, 888-992-4278. So what's going to drive stocks? What's going to make stocks go up or down over the next couple, three months? We're kind of in a kind of a no man's land here. We don't have earnings. The Federal Reserve is not going to probably do anything, right? The government's probably not going to get anything done. The trade talks are the only thing that's really on anybody's mind. So there's really not a lot. The economy is kind of slowing, still growing nicely, but slower growth probably. That's what most experts are saying. So what's going to cause the market to go up or down? You know, for the market to go down, only one thing has to happen. Buyers got to stop buying. That's all. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, you know, I'll be in San Jose and it's going to be on June 12th. And we do have a couple slots left. If you want to meet with me, take a look at your portfolio, talk about anything financial. And I'll even discuss our programs. Love to do that. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. We're live. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. So my main talking point today, everybody, concerns the uh, development of a $43 billion gaming market that's out there. And Microsoft and Sony are forming a partnership, a cloud gaming and AI partnership. Why? Because they want to, they're, they're going to fight Google on, on this. So game, and as I said at the uh, top of the hour, gaming is competing with, you know, all the younger generation playing games. 
So that's competing with regular TV viewing and TV viewers. And I mentioned that uh, Netflix said, the CEO said his biggest competition is gaming, not other networks. So they see that coming and it's getting bigger and bigger. It's $43 billion now, but it's going to get bigger. So Microsoft and Sony are collaborating. And so what's going to happen is you're going to see, of course, you know, development of like several uh, cloud competitors all for the gaming industry. And of course, one is, is Amazon. Amazon's out there. Google. And now it's going to be Microsoft and Sony as a partnership. Microsoft is, uh, you know, is working on its cloud gaming service called xCloud. And that's supposed to come out next year. So it's supposed to be, you know, they're, they're, they're saying it's big. It's going to be a big thing. So we'll see. You know, the companies are, you know, artific- are also talking about, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, collaborating. They will, you know, intelligent image sensor solutions that use the Azure or artificial intelligence system, which is Microsoft Azure, it's called. And Sunny is using Microsoft uh, platform as well for consumer products. So it's a big deal, this this partnership with Microsoft and Sony. They, you know, this whole industry, this whole area, they were fierce competitors before. Now they're not going to be. They have to get to, you know, they got to compete with big, t- tough competitors. Amazon, Google, these are huge competitors for them in this, spe- in this sphere. So that's going to just continue. That's just, we're just, it's going to be interesting to watch, that's for sure. I like watching this kind of stuff. Anyways, let's go to BJ and Cupertino. Wants to talk about 401k contributions. How are you doing, BJ? Hey, good. Thank you, Stu. How are you? I'm good. Thank uh, you. Basically, yeah. Thanks for your show. So, uh, basically, there is a limit for uh, uh, some limit for a 401k contribution pre-tax, right? 18.5k or something. So, and then you could contribute yes, uh, post-tax too. So, I want to know what are the advantages versus disadvantages uh, compared to okay. having your own uh, investment account and contributing from there, investing from there. Okay. So, yeah. If you okay. Could, yeah. Sure, BJ. That, that's a good question. So, you know, it, it's eighteen thousand five hundred unless you're over what fifty. Then you can go up to twenty four, whatever that age is, twenty four thousand. But what BJ is talking about is, of course, you get to deduct that from your adjusted gross income up to eighteen thousand five hundred from your adjusted gross income every year, and not have to pay income tax on. But you can contribute more to your four hundred one k than that. It's just not tax deductible, and that's what BJ is asking. Is that a good idea? What's wrong with that? The biggest problem I have with that, BJ, the biggest problem is keeping track because what happens is you're going to do this year after year. How much money is it, uh, did you put in after tax that you, you know, and how much before tax? And then when you comes time, comes time to withdraw it when you're retired, you got to now designate what money is coming from where. And then you got to report that to the government. And I always think it's just cleaner. Why don't you just open up a separate account and, you know, an individual account that you know is not taxable? I think that's just simpler and cleaner because you don't want to be in a discussion with the government about what, what you owe taxes on, what you don't. Because you don't want to get, you know, who wants their attention? I don't. <laughs> so I, I just think that's the, it's a better way to go because it's cleaner. 
I'm sorry, say that again, okay. BJ. Uh, so, uh, is that the the gains uh, we got from we get from post tax investment is tax free? Is it when you take out? Well, uh, you know you can take out whatever you put in. I'm not sure because hardly anybody puts money after tax into 401ks. Uh, I'm not sure if the money you earn, you know, it's all taxable against. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart enough to know that. But as I said, okay. I, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it because it just confuses right, the you. tax picture year, years down the road. Thanks, BJ. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Mark in Hollister, California. Let's talk about a spinoff. How are you doing, Mark? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for taking the call. So I have invested for a while. I'm a member of the American Association of Individual Investors. But I've been looking at spinoffs, and there's a website that I go to, and I take a look at them, and they're very large companies. What's your thoughts on investing in such an area? Okay, I'm, I'm really up against the break and a hard break, uh, Mark. I'm sorry, but can can you come back from, uh, can you stay on until after the break? I really would love to answer that question. Probably, I'll probably have you present it again. Sorry, Mark, I didn't mean okay. to get backed up here. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk, and we'll be right back after this break. Every bit of advice you are willing to share, I very much appreciate. Invest Talk is here to help. I really enjoy this show. And we thank you for listening. I'm sorry that I can't hear it every day. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. Serious investors should make note of two important dates. First, June 12th. Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose to conduct no-cost portfolio reviews. And then, on June 22nd, Steve and Justin Klein will be leading the two-hour InvestTalk Wealth Conference in Irvine, California. Two potential wealth-building events. You can register and learn more now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Mark, thank you for holding on. I really appreciate it, and I, I know it's a pain, but uh, why don't you go ahead and repeat your question, and we'll, we'll for because people drop off and come on all the time on the radio. So thanks for holding on, Mark. Uh, fine, fine. Hey, I'm calling about 
uh, investing in companies that have been spun off by larger companies called spin-offs. What's your thoughts on that type mm-hmm. of investing? Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. There's uh, the, This is the problem I see with a lot of spin-offs. A lot of times they spin off the weaker units or the non-growing units or the units that have some kind of issue. So when you when you invest in that spin-off, make sure you understand what you're investing in. Not always do they spin off the best companies, but it does happen. For instance, uh, McDonald's spun off uh, uh, Chipotle. That was a McDonald's company when they started it up. That McDonald's backed it and started it up, and then they spun it off. So yeah. there's or so there's going to be opportunities out there for spinoffs, but the majority of spinoffs are going to be you know pieces of a company that are not necessarily successful. Or not, they don't deem it's going to be successful. So you just have to be able to pick that up, okay, and watch out what you're investing in. But there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Just like anything yeah. else, you got to just make sure the the fundamentals are there, Mark. Okay, thank Appreciate you. That's it. Good great. call. Good That's question. Great to hear. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. Good. Very good question. Yeah, spinoffs. The company has a. Sometimes these companies build these comp, other companies inside their umbrella, and then they spin off these successful companies. They don't spin them off completely. They still retain some ownership, you know, because they want that. But that's not part of their core business, like McDonald's. McDonald's great knows how to set up franchises and all that kind of stuff. But Mexican food wasn't part of their, you know, their hamburger business and breakfast business so they felt it was better to spin that off and it was very successful okay so it does no the spinoffs can be very good and always bad so what is going to drive the market you got geopolitics you got uh, sluggishness in our economy you got the fed monetary policy he's saying on pause right uh and you got the trade talks Somewhere in those things, I think it's going to be a driver of the market. Most likely, the most likely driver of the market up will be successful trade talks with China. If there nothing happens in this, if nothing happens on the trade talks and the things stay pretty much the same, markets tend to fall from a lack of a catalyst. They tend to fall from a lack of good news. Why? Because markets have to go up with buyers being excited and coming in and spending money. They have to have buyers. All you have to do is have a lack of buyers out there, and the sellers will lower their prices to attract a buyer to buy their stock. Remember, it's an open cry market, meaning there's a bidder and there's an ask, a bid and an ask. Someone's bidding, someone's asking for a certain price on their stock. Okay, and if you don't have bidders, the people asking for a high price have to lower their price until they do attract bidders. And when there's nothing to excite investors, they tend not to buy, tend to be less, less in the market. And that's all it takes for the market to slowly come, you know, come down. And that might be what we're seeing. Of course, we had the Chinese bad news a couple of weeks ago, but going forward, it might be just a lack of buyers. Doesn't have to be bad news. I don't, I don't think we're going to have really bad news, but you can have a lack of excited buyers. Let's go to Will in San Diego. Wants to talk about CVS. How are you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Uh, before we get started, I have a general question. 
Um, sure. What when when you're evaluating stocks, what is a, a good debt to EBITDA ratio? Hmm. Debt to equity ratio. Well, the problem is you cannot just have one thing and therefore that applies to everything, all the different stocks and sectors, because, for instance, banks live on debt. So they have lots of debt. Okay, that's how they survive. A tech company should have very little debt. That's how they, you know, that's because they have high growth. They should have very little debt. Um, auto companies tend to have high debt, which I think they shouldn't, but they do. So it's hard to give you an answer saying, well, then you want a debt equity of two to one or one to one or 0.5 to one. You know, it's hard to say that because oh, okay. there's no I, yeah, one, I get it. No formula. Okay. What's your question? Main question. My, my main question is on CVS and whether or not it's a uh-huh. good time to uh, buy this stock. Well, this is the industry that has been beaten up. This and the other healthcare industry, the entire healthcare industry, but this one is retail drugstores. Um, and one of the reason being is, you know, the politics. I don't know if you heard me earlier, uh, Will, about this whole sector being beat up, sector drug and healthcare sector because of politics. Uh, the Democrats trying right. to get do one upmanship and uh, one upmanship on each other as to who's going to give the most free healthcare system to everybody. Okay, so so that scares this whole industry. Well, wait a minute, does that mean we're going to be out of business? And it doesn't. And it right. really isn't. It's just you know. So yes, I think CVS is probably at a pretty darn good price, and it's right at fifty three dollars. Everybody, it's been at fifty three dollars at the low in December. And then it popped up a little bit. Then it hit 53 again in April. It's been hanging around 53 for all of April. Then May it popped up. And then it came back down to 53. So, so it's right. You know, it's right. That's, that's called basing, by the way. And we're looking at a company that has a 7PE ratio. It's going to make $7.23 next year. Uh, this year it's going to make $6.85. Uh, you know, and it's growing faster. You know, grew 35% last quarter. The quarter before that was 12. The quarter before that was only two. So that might be, it might have bought something. I'm not sure. Anyways, I think this is a very good price for it, Will. Pays a 3.8% dividend. So, yeah, I think I think this is a very good price. It's, it's holding this support at these numbers. And the longer it goes sideways, the better chance you have of it popping up. Right. And it's going to be about for these drug companies and for the healthcare companies. It's going to be about politics for a little while, and but it's already right. built into the price. The bad politics for the, these companies is already built into the price. The bad news of the good. politics, I should say. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, Sounds kind good. of thing. I think they're. Take care. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you're making the right choices with the money in your 401k. Now, candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study fundamentals, trends, technicals, and all the things that you need to know, you probably don't have a lot of time. And of course, in the 401k, you don't have a lot of options either. Most of the time, it's just a handful of mutual funds, you know, and you just do the best you can, you know. So at KPP Financial, my firm, we have a math-based model to guide you on your 401k. We call it Active 401k Program. 
and we monitor the advice and you get advice through emails and what to buy and what to sell in your your personal 401k. You can read about read about it at active401k at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. Conference attendance is priced at $39. However, if you sign up during May, you'll get a special price of only $29. You can purchase tickets and learn more now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. Listening to the podcast on Monday, and you mentioned that if you're self-employed, you could open up a uh, SEP IRA. I recently got my real estate license and uh, will be an independent contractor for a broker. Would I be able to open a SEP IRA and contribute to the IRA from earnings outside of commissions or commissions from real estate? Look forward to hearing the answer. Thanks. Okay, a SEP IRA versus an IRA. First, we've got to talk about that. A SEP is, uh, is for small businesses, self-employed people. Um, and that allows you to put a lot more money into the uh, into a SEP, kind of like a 401k, but it's just for you and your small business, up to eighteen thousand dollar, eighteen five, I think, is the limit. And remember, I'm not the expert on that area. So, and an IRA, of course, you can only put in after income tax your salary up to fifty five hundred this year, a thousand dollar catch up if you're at a certain age. So you can make money in your business and contribute to your SEP IRA, but there's limits. You can't take, if you max that out and you try to put money in your regular IA from your business too, it's just like the same kind of rule applies when you have a 401k and you max that out and you try to open up an IRA and put money in it. To be tax deductible, you have to talk to your accountant. Depends on how much money you make. But generally, you cannot max out your SEP IRA or your 401k and then all be, and be deductible and then also max out your IRA and be tax deductible. So in that case, you might be able to open up a Roth, you know, because that's not tax deductible. And again, and there's income limits. If you make too much money, you can't even, you can't do the IRA at all. So, so that's why I mean, and they change the rules, you know, every year, some degree, most, but the basic rules stay the same. So you got to talk to an accountant, to your CPA guy, 
that he can help you with that because he knows your your income and status and that kind of thing. Uh, remember, I'm an investment guy. I know these things because I deal with them, um, you know, with clients and ha- asking these questions. But I know I'm not the expert in this area. Okay. Appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Okay, how um, has the market topped? If you know, you can look at a chart and you can say, "Well, gee, it's rollover. May has been a bad month. I mean, it hasn't been terrible, but it you know it's down three or four percent for the month." Um, depending on the sector that you're looking at, some stocks have gotten hit very hard. Some have not. Uh, some have gone up. Um, but has the market generally topped the indexes? And if you know anything about uh, the wave theories, there's waves of markets. We're on the fifth wave, which is the last wave before, uh, which is suggesting there's going to be a a larger decline coming in the markets. Now, the Elliott wave theories, Elliott is the person who thought this stuff up. The Elliott wave theory I've never been a big supporter of it because, you know, what can happen is another wave, let's say the wave goes up, uh, let's say the market goes up, this is not a top, and it goes up and surpasses, next week, surpasses the the highs, the old highs made back way back in uh, September. Well, then what will happen in the Elliott Wave Theory is they'll readjust all those waves and they'll say this is not the fifth wave. Now, that would be the fifth wave whenever that happens. See, that it's all looking backwards and then they change it. I've seen them do it many times. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You can't can't do that. If you're trying to project what's going to be going on, you can't just change your mind and say, okay, that wasn't the fifth wave or the third wave or... You know, that wasn't the first wave from the bottom. I mean, it, I, I want to pull my hair out because it's like, well, you're just guessing at this point. Now, mind you, historically, there's waves in the market, and that's what they're they're looking at as history. And the problem is, is the, the, the degree, the length of the wave and the height of the wave, all these, and what's driving, what's fundamentally behind the waves, all matter greatly. And so you can't really pick it. Now, ask me if I think we're at or near a top. And I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, we're at a near-term top. I think that we're probably going to get back some of the gains that we've had from the beginning of the year. I would not be surprised about a 10%. I wouldn't be surprised at 20% uh, correction. Uh, I think a more realistic around 10%. It's going to happen. Maybe, maybe 12, 13, or whatever. But I think it's going to be in that area. Um, and then probably toward the end of the year, we'll try to make another run up. But that's only because of the historical moves in a year cycle that I know about. So usually we're coming into the weaker part of the, the cycle right now. Why is it weaker? Because people like me, and I talk about it, and we observe it, and because we observe and talk about it, we make it happen. That's it. There's no great science here. It's just the action of people buying and selling the market, and in the summertime, there's usually less buyers. They're on vacation. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, hedge funds, hedge funds are betting the sell-off is over. The correction has run its course, they think. 
That's tomorrow. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, hedge funds are betting that the sell-off is over and that the correction has run its course. Are they right? That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. I have a large position in PBA, and I'm thinking of selling about half of it. Um, I'm wondering if what you think about the company and its prospects. Well, it's a good solid company, uh, Pembina Pipeline Corp. It's a $18 billion Canadian operator of 10,000 kilometers of pipeline across uh, Alberta and British Columbia. Uh, their earnings are going to go down this year from 228 last year down to $1.80 per share this year. So that's down about 20%. But it's going to pop up another 9% next year to $1.97. So it's it's probably going to be able to maintain that dividend at 4.9%. I mean, it, it, they could maintain it for Yeah, I think they could. They'll be paying about 80% of 80 plus percent uh, of their earnings out on the dividend. But it's possible that they could hold that dividend. But their sales is shrinking. As Let me rephrase that. Their sales growth is shrinking. I mean, they were growing 20 to 30 to 40% sales. Now they're growing 7%. So, you know, there probably might be a good idea to cut back if you have too much of it because, uh, you know, they, they yeah. you know, it's a 22 PE and that's pretty high. I think that's too high of a PE for the price. So, I probably cut back, John. I don't necessarily think I'd sell it all, though. I, I agree with you there. No, I, no. You know, this, this, yeah, this, I wouldn't sell. Still looks like a pretty strong company. Selling half, you know, and maybe buy some, maybe yeah. Exxon Mobil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's that wouldn't be a bad idea. The Exxon pays a nice premium. Like, what's their dividend? Let me check real quick. Exxon Mobil's uh, dividend is four point six. Yeah, that's a lot more secure. That dividend. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. Okay, everybody, three IPOs coming out, biotech IPOs coming out this week. These three companies, one's called Peloton Therapeutics, another called Idelia Bioscience, it's another one called Bicycle Therapeutics. So Peloton and Bicycle had nothing to do with bicycles, okay? <laughs> they had nothing to do. Uh, all three of them have drugs in the pipeline. All three of them are going to lose money in the foreseeable future. And all three are going to come out with IPOs. They need more money to continue their operations. Now, also, all three of them have those drugs in the pipeline, and some of them look pretty promising. One, uh, Peloton has a phase three, uh, two drugs in phase three. Uh, Idelia Biosense has eight drugs in the pipeline, but uh, one, and they have one that have a license from Novartis to sell. So that's, you know, that's a positive. These, these are pretty decent IPOs, but what's my rule? They don't make money. You don't buy companies that don't make money. But I bet you, you could get them closer at IPO prices because they're not that, they're not that well known and there's not going to be a lot of interest and the market is weakening. I mean, you could probably get an IPO price 
And remember what I said about that. If you can get something at the IPO price, that means it's not a good IPO to buy. So don't do it. IPOs, initial public offering. Initial public offering. When you start a company, you start a company and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. At some point, you may want to cash out. Well, doing an IPO is one of the easiest, well, it's not easiest. It's one of the most common way that uh, inventors or initial investors of a company can actually realize the profits and all the hard work they did by going to an initial public offering. They also could sell the company to another company. That happens very frequently, a lot more than IPOs. Okay, uh, but an IPO, initial public offering, means it's just now they're offering stocks and shares to the public. And of course, they have to meet certain requirements, you know, when they do that. And that's one of the reasons um, some companies don't like it because now you are subject to scrutiny. Security exchange scrutiny. You're subject to a whole host of lawsuits if you do things, you know, wrong. Look at look at Tesla. Yeah, they make statements and they make statements wrong and they get sued. You got so when you go public, you got different issues. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and this completes another Investop program. And I thank you for your loyal support, your calls. I really do appreciate the questions. I do. Please come back tomorrow. I'll be here. You can listen to Invest Talk on a podcast anytime you want for free, anytime. So, everybody, I want you to have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.